Welcome to Ales and Strange Tales Season 3. We are your hosts, Chris Moyers, and I'm Dan Stickney, and if you don't know by now, we like to have a few beers and share tales of the supernatural, paranormal, and just plain strange. So sit back, grab yourself a drink, and dive into the strange with us. Welcome back to Ales and Strange Tales, Season 3, Episode 4. It's a cold one out there today. It's not even winter yet. Not even. No, it's fucking, what, November 18th or something? Getting the snow, you know. You won't be getting this till fucking December, probably. Yeah, so either way. It will be winter when you hear this. (laughs) (laughs) For real. All right, I got a pretty good one today. It's uh, thanks to Troy Taylor once again. Oh, boy, Troy. It's the Black Ghost, the Decatur Ghost Scare of 1903. Ooh. Looks pretty riveting. Dan, what do you have? Well, I got another uh, tale from our old boy Shane from down in Florida. Old Shane. Old boy Shane. Thank you, Shane. He's he's the best, man. Yeah, he's our uh, go-to for stories (laughs) these days. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, um... What are you drinking, Chris? What am I drinking? I think I already had this. I just found this in my basement fridge. I'm pretty sure you've had this a few times now. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Tropical Beer Hug. And he's a polar bear with sunglasses, so it's kind of fitting now. Yeah. Born in Chicago, 1988. This company. Well, this is Goose Island. Goose Island, yeah. Is that from 1988? Probably. I'm, a, I'm assuming so. It's a 9.9. Imperial IPA, yeah, I heard this rigmarole, or rigmarole already. <laughs> Is this the third time I'm doing this beer? I want to see the third. That's, that's in my head. Yeah. I need to go buy more beer. What do you got, Dan? Um, Actually, I got one. It's a tropical one, too. It's called uh, Tropic Hero. Oh, I'm seeing it now. Look at that. From uh, Revolution. Is the- his head a pineapple? Uh, no, it's a hop. Oh. I think all all of them. They have like a hero series, like uh, anti-hero. I've had oh, a few yeah, times. Right. I'm colorblind, so that's probably yeah. obviously not a pineapple, but whatever. <laughs> you don't. Well, I guess you don't have to be colorblind. But well, is that the same color as a pineapple? No. <laughs> well, then there you go. It looks like <laughs> shape and the little things on the side. Shape wise, like, I guess a little uh, maybe, but it's pineapple esque. All right. <laughs> this is uh, actually like a. Your light is terrible, but it's well, it's green because it's a hop. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, I couldn't tell you that, but I guess that is a green. Yeah. Uh, ride the tropical wave. Uh, Seven point oh IPA, and it's pretty damn good. It's very tasty. I love tropical kind of IPAs. I do too. We should have traded. I want to try one, but you already fucking well, started. Too late because this is whatever. My, this is my last one. Anyway, we did miss. We do have a strange news that you're going to share with us, right? Oh yeah, I got a weird one today um yeah it's about some sex with an alien i guess well there you go (laughs) that's right up our alley i've had that in the past with the female but now it's a male this time wait wait stop stop the presses i got incoming news breaking news oh oh, shit i I think we we have uh a new sponsor i think oh yeah we have a sponsor for today's show the first one of the season. So we'll be sharing that with you at the end of the episode. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's awesome. Dan will take this one. <laughs> so is there? A, we we were supposed to go to some of these horror conventions and pass out flyers. Dan fucked 
up all of it. I think I, I said there's one, but I don't think you busy. even mentioned it. I'm but. pretty sure I mentioned one. <laughs> there was one at my old college, NIU, in some castle building that I think I know of. Uh, Darren Marler was there from Weird Darkness, passing out stickers and shit. We were gonna do that, but we didn't because we suck. We'll have to catch the next one. I we're gonna catch the next one for sure. I just gotta, you know, plan it and make sure Mister Busy, Mister Popular, do. isn't fucking doing something. <laughs> we do need more stories from uh, y'all. Yeah, and I made an awesome <laughs> flyer up on my computer, and I haven't printed anything off or handed any out. So we need to do that. So we're both lazy. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. All but right. I guess we'll just hop into Dan's shit here. Yeah, I'll start it off. And like we said, this is from Shane. Shane. I think, did we do it? Was this, is it the second episode? We may have done this last story. I can't remember now. We got a lot of Shane stories. Yeah. We can't keep track three. of them all. Uh, this is the third one. But yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Shane. <laughs> but yeah, um, here we go. Well, only... Uh, uh, I was asking, I think I asked him about Sasquatch sightings down there, but he's like, well, only a couple of things involving the Sasquatch topic. Nothing as cool of of a sighting of one, though. My family and I were awakened around 4 a.m. about four years ago. I do live in the Ocala National Forest, as you know, and there's just about anything you could think of in the animal world out here. The sounds we were awakened by that night were something none of us have ever heard. I hear bobcats all the time and even hear cougars on occasion. And they have a very distinct cry, whine, moaning sound that can be very eerie sometimes. It can sound like a baby crying or a woman screaming, but not to the level that awakened all three of us from a deep sleep. I believe it's him and his parents. Him and his parents? All right. Yeah. It penetrated our walls to wake us all up. Damn. Yeah. I sat straight up when I heard it. I was like, what the hell? The only way I can explain it is imagine a really, really big person or something with enough lung capacity and vocal capacity to echo throughout the forest for 20-ish seconds. There was a long scream, moan, growl, cry. It was like something was doing this into a microphone through a loudspeaker. Like, I can't even think of... I don't know, man. Like, bears could probably be pretty oh, loud. Oh, like something but, in nature that can get that loud? Yeah, yeah like... I have no idea. I Yeah. Either way, he's... Birds, a, maybe, because they get pretty loud. But yeah, some of them are weird. Even, like, foxes make... A weird ass fucking sound, like a cry, like a baby crying. I did like, not know that. Yeah, it's really weird. I don't think I've heard it in person, but I know exactly, like he mentioned, I know exactly what that sounds like. Um, that's how powerful it was. This scream or whatever it was was like something I've never experienced. I I done research after that night. And what I did find is several recordings on YouTube that people claim are Sasquatch. And it is pretty damn close to what I heard. And I mean very close. Shane goes on and explains how he's seen and heard a lot of strange things in Ocala National Forest. 
I think, like, man, we gotta get down there. Yeah, like, I agree. <laughs> uh, like a odd branch placement, like you know, Bigfoot. I know if you've seen shows about them, they make leave markers or weird things in the woods. Yeah, you they know, push like over that. trees. I've heard of that, right? Pushing over trees, and yeah, this is what he's trying to explain. Like, he saw a X shape high in the trees. Uh, like it was really it was so high that he he's like there's no way a human could do this but you never know it could be natural but either way it was weird to him yeah and he's been in these woods like a ton of times and he's never he doesn't know what the hell that was um he's heard imitation bird whistles that he says you can totally tell it's not the real animal that is doing it it's close to the same sound, but it's different. Like a real bird whistle is nice and crisp, but these ones, not so much. And I've heard that too. I've heard that Bigfoot or Sasquatch do imitations like that. I did not hear that. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Bigfoot shows. Yeah. I don't know anything about yeah. anything, apparently. <laughs> I've definitely heard it like that, because yeah, it probably doesn't may be close, but maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's a form of communication that they're doing. So they don't get noticed or, you know, some weird shit like that. I've heard Australian kids do that at Ozfest. <laughs> at the place where we're camping. It's <laughs> the closest thing weird. I know. <laughs> That's fucking weird. <laughs> Plus he talked to many locals whom also have had encounters of, of sorts with big hairy creatures along with UFO sightings. Like he has in the past in, around, in that area. He even has a friend that swears... He has shot a Sasquatch while hunting. Really? And this friend is like a church guy. He's a straight shooter is what he's saying. And You know, a lot of people say that, but how come you didn't hit him good and kill him? Yeah, so he <laughs> shot something in the woods. Yeah. And he doesn't know what the fuck it is. Yeah. is what I'm hearing. A photo would have been awesome or you know, something. But maybe, I guess, I don't know. He didn't explain any more of that. Maybe the thing, maybe it was a shitty shot and, or... Maybe he's impenetrable. Yeah, maybe Bigfoot can just take fucking shots. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. But I'm thinking, man, we might have to go down to uh, Ocala National Forest. I definitely would like to. <laughs> Even though you hate Florida. I you, Well, I hate the heat <laughs> of Florida. I definitely don't want to live there. I, I used to live there for a year. But yeah, the heat, no good. The little lizards, I am a fan of, though. I love the lizards. I like heat and I love the beach. You like the heat? Well, like early heat, not the fucking shit you can't breathe in, you know what I'm saying? Like 85, You bad. almost ruined our partnership on this podcast. With <laughs> I love it. Our friend Mark likes humid, hot, oh, horrible days. That's, no, like right before. And it like, bothers me. I think we go in like, well, we go to like August sometimes. What's well, not too bad? It seems like that's the worst time to not go. Not August, July. June or July. I think, we, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. How about January. That might be okay. That would be, but... Was it like 70? Probably. Fuck but, that, too. But now it's like hurricane season, January. I don't know if it goes to January. I want it 65 or below. Fuck. Always. Fuck. Overcast. That. Maybe a little mist in the air. Like 80 to 85. Fuck. Nah. Every piece of that. Whole lot of humidity. But oh, God. None of it. I love it. But anyway... <laughs> That's it. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Shane. Keep Appreciate sending it. them if you got any more. Yeah, no one else is fucking doing it, so <laughs> keep them coming.
<clears throat> so I guess that's uh, me up to bat here. One second. This is a juicy tale. It's going to be better than that bullshit I read last week. <laughs> was it last week I did the New Orleans thing that had no... Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. And it said, yeah, some shit happened. Anyways... And that's it. <laughs> so I went through this a little bit, so it just seems a little bit better. This is from Troy Taylor. Thank you again. He's an author. He just I think he focuses mainly on Illinois-type Illinois yeah. stuff. Does a lot of crime stuff. Does a lot of supernatural stuff. Anyway... This is The Black Ghost, The Decatur Ghost Scare of 1903. Here we go. It began on November 13th, 1903, an event that caused terror to ripple through the Midwestern city of Decatur, Illinois. It was on that night that a local <laughs> resident first encountered a chilling apparition in a black robe that began wreaking havoc on the people who lived on Decatur's west side. Who or what this creature was remains a mystery to this day. The first sighting occurred on Tuesday night. A young lady was walking alone along Westwood Street when a black-shrouded phantom appeared from between two houses near Union Street. The black ghost, as was later dubbed, came quickly toward her and began to scream. Yikes. That is a yikes. <laughs> Just at that moment, a carriage drove out of a nearby barn and the creature fled. The young woman reported the incident to the police, who assumed that it was nothing more than a prank until more sightings began to be reported on the west side. More black ghost appearances were noted on West Main Street, Westwood, and along Pine Street. Who or what this specter might be was unknown, but it terrified people and it lurched from the shadows and then vanished without a trace. News of the ghost quickly spread throughout the city. Sightings were reported in the newspapers and the phantom became a heated topic of conversation in restaurants, saloons, barbershops, billiard halls and schools the police admitted to being perplexed by the weird sightings and the average people in the city were intrigued and a little unnerved maybe something in the water <laughs> it could be especially back then you never know two additional ghost two additional black ghost encounters took place on november 14th when dozens of people were out looking for the monster henry ray a student at Malikan University, that's probably pronounced wrong, <laughs> was out that evening having a having taken a streetcar from the college to a downtown theater. He stayed late and the streetcars had stopped running before he needed to return to Milliken. Malikan. Malikan? I don't know. Content to travel on foot, he had reached Hallworth Avenue when he told police that he encountered the black ghost crouching in the shadows along the north side of the street. The ghosts return again on November 15th. Fred Travis and Del Huey, two young railroad workers on their way home from the freight house around 8.30 p.m. They had just turned north from Cicero Gordo on the east side of Monroe and were about halfway to the railroad tracks when they met the specter. They were busy talking to one another when it appeared and startled them both. They gave chase to the ghost. Wow. <laughs> but it easily outran them. So this ghost is running from people? <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Travis had been carrying a board with him, which he planned to take home and burn in his stove. But when he saw the ghost was getting away, he hurled the board at it. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> he was sure that if the phantom had been a material being, the board would have hit it. Instead, it passed through the ghost and fell to the sidewalk. Moments later, he said the specter disappeared. 
I've never heard of a ghost running away <laughs> a from A scared people. ghost? Wait, what is going on? That's here? awesome. I like I've this. I've never heard that. <laughs> More sightings followed. By this time, the stories of black ghost sightings were sweeping through the city, and the people of the West End, especially women, were becoming terrified. Well, I guess I'm a bitch because I'd be terrified as well. <laughs> The black ghosts appeared on the porches and at windows of several homes, terrifying the occupants. Each time, the black ghosts vanished into the darkness. By November 17th, the city was in a frantic state. Plainclothed police officers were put on patrol on the west side, looking for any sign of the black ghosts. Search search parties were organized to try and track the monster down. Early in the evenings, crowds of men and boys could be found in every part of the west end. El Dorado and Monroe streets were thoroughly searched. All the search parties went armed with sticks and clubs, apparently hoping to thrash the ghost if they managed to catch it. I don't think thrashing the ghost is going to do anything, especially when the other motherfucker said he threw a board at it and it went well, right through yeah, I was, I was going to say, maybe you should uh, do what he did and just start chasing after him and then he'll go away. <laughs> maybe they should get some proton packs like a normal guy and fucking <laughs> yeah. take this guy out. <laughs> They roamed the streets and alleys for most of the night, shouting and laughing at one another. The only thing these ghost hunters managed to find was trouble since sleeping residents began reporting their behavior to the police around midnight. That would be a fun little thing to be a part of. I'd love yeah. that. What, what, what year was this? 1903. Oh, shit. <laughs> or 1930. I forget what it was now. But not every ghost hunting party was made up of local ruffians and teenagers. Dr. L.E. Conrad and about 20 members of the respected... Iroquois Club took up the search for the black ghost. They armed themselves with clubs and went all over (laughs) the west side of town, exploring behind signs, down fence rows, in orchards, and down alleys. Go get this motherfucker. Yeah, they're looking for that motherfucker. (laughs) They searched for more than two hours, but were unable to find anything that resembled the phantom. No additional sightings of the black ghost occurred on November 18th, although the search parties were still out on the hunt. The people of Decatur remained on edge, and women were still terrified for several weeks. <laughs> Even though the sightings eventually stopped, who or what was this strange creature? Was the black ghost merely a prankster who entertained himself by scaring people on Decatur's west side and then decided to give up the joke when too many people started looking for him? Or was the specter really just that, a genuine supernatural being? It's certain that we can blame at least some of the sightings on the hysteria that swept through the city that long ago November. But can we dismiss them all? How do we explain the rational accounts of a ghost that disappeared without explanation or thrown, or the throne board that passed through it? The mystery of the black ghost will likely never be solved, but it certainly managed to establish Decatur as a weird and haunted place even back in 1903. Yeah, 1903. It is strange, though I was leaning towards uh, a prank. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of get that too. Because the fucking thing ran from him. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just assuming the board missed him. Why the fuck is a ghost running from some yeah. two assholes with a board? They're in the heat in the moment, and it looked like it went through his fucking cape or whatever the fuck he Yeah, you know. probably a black cape. It probably yeah. blended in with the night. Either way, I think it's interesting. That's a cool-ass story, though. Yeah. I wish... I don't know if I've ever been to Decatur, but I do want to check it out. I've probably been through it, but... I think I've been to an apple orchard there, but they closed that fucker down. I don't know if that was Decatur, though. Anyway, thank you again, Troy Taylor. Thank you, Troy. Oh, boy, Troy. Keep them coming, which he will, because <laughs> that's what he does. And He did give me the go-ahead to use his stories. I hope he remembers that when we make it big. Well, you got the email, so. 
Well, I got the Facebook message. Whatever. You got the proof. I got some proof. I hope so. <laughs> so, should we hop into our but now strange news Strange news. Strange news. Strange news. All right. This guy, this is the headline here. This guy paints the sex he allegedly has with aliens. <laughs> I also do. I hence have no paintings. That goes for sex I have with people, too. <laughs> he paints all the lucky women. That oh, yeah. So lucky. Yeah. <laughs> all right. When he was 17... David Huggins says he lost his virginity to an extraterrestrial. <laughs> they got a painting. I'm definitely going to put this in the show notes. And yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Losing your virginity is supposed to be memorable. Most people look back on the act with affection and probably a little embarrassment. Yeah, right. Huh? Been there, bro. <laughs> but David. Huggins says the first time he had sex was more er, out of this world than most. Oh, damn. <laughs> he says, when I was 17, I lost my virginity to a female extraterrestrial. The 74, now 74-year-old, says in a documentary about him called Love and Saucers. <laughs> what? That's all I can say about it. That's what he says. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Thanks for the story. <laughs> the coitus in question allegedly went down in 1961 when Huggins was a teenager living on his parents' farm in rural Georgia. It wasn't the first time extraterrestrials had appeared to him. He'd been seeing strange creatures since he was eight. But on this day... He was walking through the woods near his house. An alien woman appeared and seduced him. Really? So it's right now. It's not all he has to say because there's quotes here. Yeah, the guy lied right (laughs) off the bat. I thought, if anything, I'd be, I'd be losing it in the backseat of a Ford, (laughs) something like that. But it didn't work out that way. He says in the film. <laughs> There's a film about this? Yeah, like a documentary. I'm about, watching apparently. this fucking thing. I'll have to find it. According to Huggins, these visits from extraterrestrials and his sexual relationship with them continued into adulthood. Wait, how old is he when this alien seduced him to begin with? I'm 61. Oh, he was 17. All right, that's not too bad. Yeah. For an alien, you know. They don't, they don't know our laws. <laughs> yeah, he ain't 18 yet. That's a statutory rape. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you got parents' consent. I don't know if she did Some that, states, though. yeah, Some it might states. be. Uh... <laughs> when I interviewed him for this story, Huggins told me his last encounter with Crescent, his name for the woman in the woods, was six months ago. This article came out uh, February 7, two, uh, 2018. Wait, he's still banging this alien? In 2018 he was, yeah. But, oh, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and he was probably in his 70s. Or, yeah, 60, late 60s. What the fuck? <laughs> I was sitting down in a chair, and the woman, Crescent, was behind me. 
and she put her arms around me, he said. And that's about it. I don't know anything else outside of that. So what? <laughs> what the fuck? They made a film? <laughs> he just yeah. keeps saying, I got nothing else for you. And they, <laughs> they made, made a whole, whole film about film? this guy. <laughs> I bet he's got a whole lot more of this fucking lying fuck. Huggins is unnervingly matter-of-fact when he talks about his encounters. It sets him apart from what most of us expect from truthers and UFO enthusiasts. He's not in it for the notoriety and doesn't care if anyone believes him. When Huggins talks about f- fathering hundreds of alien babies. <laughs> and yes, that's another facet of, the, of his encounters. He sounds about as even keeled as a farmer explaining crop rotations. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> yes, it is. It's one of the things that drew <clears throat> filmmaker Brad Abrams to track Huggins down in Hoboken, New Jersey. He lives there now. <laughs> Abraham's heard Huggins' story on a podcast about UFOs and the paranormal. In a sea of outlandish claims, there was one that rose to the surface, he said, and that was David's story. Um, Huggins was born in rural Georgia in 44. In Love and Saucers, he talks about hunting for arrowheads in his nearby fields for fun. And not liking the evangelical Baptist church his grandparents took him to sometimes. When strange beings that no one else could see started appearing to him around the farm, he thought he was losing his mind. I'm sitting under a tree and I hear this voice say, David, behind you. And I turn around and there's this little hairy, <laughs> there's this little hairy guy with large glowing eyes coming straight towards me. <laughs> Help me to fuck him too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it was the I thought it was the boogeyman. I didn't know what to think of it. He says in the film, another day an insect like being that reminded Huggins of praying mantis appeared. There are there is a mantis type oh, yeah. alien out there. So they say. That's what they say. I was very terrified, he says. It was it was it was like, what in the world am I looking at? <laughs> <laughs> and for an eight-year-old, you don't know what to think. Once the shock wore off, Huggins says his encounters were weird, not all threatening. When he left Georgia in the mid-60s for art school in New York City, he begins, the, the beans followed. Nocturnal visits from Crescent, the E.T. who deflowered him, <laughs> be, be, became routine. My relationship with Crescent was warm and friendly. A little strange. What do I mean, a little? Very strange. She was my girlfriend, really. (laughs) Wow. He's dating Crescent? (laughs) Huggins says in the film, a very unconventional relationship, he adds. One of the first paintings Huggins ever made was of him and Crescent having sex. (laughs) The The paintings... Not really all that good. She, she was uh, she was on top of me. I reached my, <laughs> I reached my climax. Then she and and the insect being leave. Wait, he was performing instead of an, in front of an insect being. <laughs> so there was like some cuckold thing. There's there is going no on. way I can get it up when there's an insect being watching me, dude. There's no way. <laughs> the fuck, this is getting man. weirder and weirder. <laughs> Similar paintings fill his apartment. They're sur- <laughs> they're surreal and a. Little childlike, dominated by deep blues and greens. 
<laughs> I'm looking at one of them. Is it good? Yeah, like... Yeah, they're okay. They're better than I can paint. That's for well, damn sure. Fucking author's talking shit about that painting. What the fuck, man? <laughs> I don't know if it's the author or, or him that said that. No, it was uh, the dude that said that. Oh. Huggins said that. Okay, that's fine. This is another thing that sets Huggins apart from most people with alien abduction stories. He fucked him. What else could it be? <laughs> yeah, and apparently it followed hundreds of fucking yeah, alien babies. Yeah, her down real good. <laughs> <laughs> he paints his encounters. It started in 1987 when Huggins started remembering details from early visits. He says the deluge was triggered by Bud Hopkins' book, Intruders, The Incredible Visitations at Copley Woods. It was like a compulsion. I was being led to the book, he says in the film. There is this chapter, Other Women, Other Men, and I started reading it, and I go, Oh my God, this is the woman I never told anyone about. <laughs> As I was reading, memory upon memory came floating back. It was image upon image. They wouldn't stop. I think that bothered me the most. I didn't know what to do with it. I was so scared. It seemed like he was almost going crazy from not being able to process these experiences that happened to him. What were they? Why him? It really sounded like he was losing his grip on his life and reality, Abrams told me. And then apparently, he got this message from the Beans that he should paint the experiences. And as soon as he started doing that, it changed him. Why the fuck would they want him to paint it? <laughs> I, don't, I, I just, don't know. I don't know. What I got that's no explanation about. for that. He said it was a release. He was able to sleep for the first time in weeks. And then. And since then, he has painted every single detail of every encounter. A hundred-something paintings. It is art therapy. I don't know if that's how David would describe it, but that was a big part of what I wanted to show. Once he found a way to show the rest of the world, or even just himself, what happened. Visually, through art, he, he was able to process, make sense of, and come to peace whatever it was that happened to him, Abrams said. What the hell? You know, I think that's pretty much it. There's a lot more, but that's pretty we much got the gist of it from that. <laughs> yeah, this is off of uh, Vice.com uh, by Carol Weisenstein. Oh, I could... Vice released something interesting for a change. That's cool. <laughs> I hope I said her name right, but yeah, I'll uh, post it on the, uh, you know, the show notes. There you go. You'll see his, there's a couple of paintings that they show, too. And it's, uh, yeah, pretty interesting. Man, I hope I Very don't start strange. really liking his paintings and I just exclusively enjoy <laughs> alien male, human male pornographic <laughs> paintings. Yeah, now. I know what you'll be looking for on the internet here soon. Man, that blows my uh, fossils and tile in a fucking restaurant right out of the water, man. <laughs> yeah. That was a pretty good one. <laughs> But that's it for strange news. Strange news. Strange news. Awesome. Oh, that's it. Um. Oh, we do have a sponsor, right, Dan? You want to take that one away? We got a sponsor for tonight. Like I said, first one of the season. First one of the season, man. Thank you guys for sponsoring our podcast. I don't know what the deal is with everyone, but you know. Yeah, we got fucking alien. Human 
intercourse, <laughs> strange news. What more could he ask for? What more would you want to hear? Yeah. All right. Uh, tonight's episode sponsored by Foxy's Body Shop. All our parts are on display for your viewing pleasure. <laughs> Whether you're looking for a temporary fix or a permanent replacement, we'll get your motor running. <laughs> oh, damn! <laughs> uh, they didn't leave me a number. I'm guessing you could probably look at it. You know, look what, it up. I'm sure it's you can Google probably one eight hundred Foxy's Body or something. But we got some pretty spicy. Uh, like, is that auto sponsors. body or uh, is that something else? I'm gonna know. assume it's auto body, but <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> we don't really research the sponsors. We just take whatever we can get. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thanks a bunch, Foxy's Body Shop. Thank you very much, Foxy's. We appreciate that. <laughs> So if there's any other people out there that want to sponsor the podcast, just email us at alesandstrangetales at gmail.com. And that goes for people with stories as well. Yeah, we need your stories. Alesandstrangetales at gmail.com. Facebook and Instagram. Should we explain to them how we want them to do it? Basically, you record a voice recording on your phone. You got a little voice. This is the best way to do it. Yeah, you got little audio recorders on your phone. Record it. Email it. And then erase it so it don't take up space on your phone. Yeah. That's all you got to do. You don't even have to type anything. Yeah. Just all we want is your voice. And if you want, let us know that we can just use your voice. We'll just play it. And if you don't want us to use your voice, then we'll read it ourselves. Let us know. And or type it out or whatever. Whatever you want to do. Email it to us. Do it. You should do it now. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking Stallone (laughs) thinks you should, so obviously you should. Well, that sums it up for this episode. This is a long one, man. We're at like 35 minutes almost. Pretty good. Well, I'm Chris Moyers. Dan Stickney. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.